It's Friday the 8th of November and this is the Monocle Minute. Today, a new report delivers a worrying reality check should war break out between the United States and Iran. We have to say that under the military direction, and they've got the full blessing of the Supreme Leader himself, they're doing what Saddam did, rather brilliantly and eventually to his own cost. Plus, Andrew Muller wraps up the week that was in news headlines, and Robert Bound examines the ever-growing brand potential of in-flight safety videos. I'm Ben Rylan in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. A new study by the International Institute for Strategic Studies suggests that Iran would have an effective military advantage over the US and its potential allies in the event of war breaking out in the Middle East. Robert Fox is the defence editor for the London Evening Standard newspaper. Who has read the lesson from Iraq 2003? It is particularly the Revolutionary Guard Corps, uh, particularly the Al-Quds Force under uh, General Soleimi, and they have been very active. They probe and they push, but there's an element which isn't necessarily so highlighted, but it's highlighted by a great friend of mine, who has been in and out of Iraq, and uh, Toby Dodge of the LSE. He said, what is so interesting is the militarization, the weaponization of sheer criminality, which is what uh, the Hezbollahs do on an absolutely global scale. Yes, you could say the usual thing, arms and drugs, but of course, what is the top commodity for the really big crime outfits with big money? It's people. But also, we have to say that under the military direction, and they've got the full blessing of the Supreme Leader himself, the Ayatollah Khamenei, is that they're doing what Saddam did, rather brilliantly and eventually to his own cost, which is they're keeping the intellectual property, the capability of keeping au courant with the latest developments in a nuclear warfare. And they've obviously got layoffs through the old networks uh, with Pakistan, possibly even with uh, North Korea. They're they're going to keep that going because it looks as if things really do go mad and they are going pretty mad at the moment. Turkey has said it wants to be a nuclear power. Saudi Arabia wants to be a nuclear power. They've got to keep it going there. But it's this game of guesswork. And where they are so supremely good is what is known as subsophisticated warfare operating below the threshold of sophistication. But the secular crowds in Lebanon, Baghdad, Kabbalah in Iraq are beginning to turn very heavily against the Iranian influence, and that's their biggest problem. Well, it being Friday, it means it's time for another look back at what we've learned in the news headlines. Here's our contributing editor, Andrew Muller. We learned this week that Nigel Farage, leader of the Brexit party, is unwilling to risk failing for the eighth time to win a seat in Britain's parliament. I thought very hard about this. How do I serve the cause of Brexit? I don't want to be in politics for the rest of my life. Very difficult to be in a constituency every day and at the same time be out across the United Kingdom. It is difficult to believe that Farage thought anything could be worse than the Buckingham by-election of 2010, in which he finished third behind a campaign fronted by a man dressed as a dolphin. But then Farage has the advantage of having seen the CVs of the fledgling Brexit party's other candidates. 
Jill Hughes, the Brexit Party's candidate for Batley and Spen, stood down after it was learned that she had once claimed to have descended to Earth from her birthplace on Sirius and that world governments were in league with aliens. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. Timothy Vince, the Brexit Party's candidate in South Thanet, scene of two of Farage's seven failures to get elected to the House of Commons, gave an interview in which he appeared to get key details of EU history confused with a Dan Brown novel. The uh, Treaty of uh, Lisbon. The Treaty, uh, the Treaty of Lisbon was signed in Lisbon, the clues oh, yeah, in the title. Yeah, um, uh, but it was to replace, which is typical EU, they moved the goalposts. So the EU constitution, which was rejected by France and the Netherlands, was signed in the remains of the Temple of Jupiter, which is Roman for Zeus. And I'm just making the point that do we want our future to be determined by Greek and Roman mythology, which led to dictatorship, in fairness, Vince sounds like someone who would have been confused by a Dan Brown novel. This is an old wives' tale. The original one, in fact. We learned in the United States that President Donald Trump may be overestimating his command of the electorate, as voters in at least one state, where he cleaned up in 2016, declined to do as instructed in 2019. In Kentucky, which Trump won by 30 points en route the White House, he endorsed Republican Governor Matt Bevan in apocalyptic, yet self-regarding terms. And if you lose, they're going to say Trump suffered the greatest defeat in the history of the world. This was the greatest. You can't let that happen to me! Kentucky voters decided that this was a risk worth running and elected Democrat challenger Andy Bashir. Senate Majority Leader and hitherto staunch Trump defender Mitch McConnell, up for re-election in Kentucky next November, will have taken a keen interest in the exit polling. <laughs> Elsewhere, we learn that North Macedonia is not taking well the knowledge that its recent change of name may have been in vain. The former Macedonia and former former Yugoslav Republic of Macedonia hoped that adding the prefix North would quell Greece's whining about the Macedonia thing and speed North Macedonia into the EU. France's president, Emmanuel Macron, sparked considerable umbrage across the Balkans by saying non. We learned that there is at least one politician wondering if the office in which he has recently arrived might actually be too grand. Babajid Sanwaolu, newish governor of Lagos, has unilaterally abolished the honorific Your Excellency, to which he was entitled, in favour of Mr Governor. We also learned, if we went far enough down this rabbit hole, that there is a parallel universe in which Donald Trump is addressed, as some of America's founders believed the president should be, as Your Elective Highness or even Your Majesty. Thomas Jefferson was more correct than he can have known when he wrote to James Madison that this was the most superlatively ridiculous thing I ever heard of. And with that shining of sorely needed light into the murky gloaming of this week's news, for Monocle 24, I'm Andrew Muller. And finally today, Monocle's senior editor Robert Bound considers the branding potential of those witty in-flight safety videos.
Your life vest is located in a pouch under your seat or armrest. Wrap the K-pop boy band sensation Super M while a choir of small children in life preservers harmonise behind them. Put the life vest over your head and adjust the straps around your waist. Woo! Yeah! And yes, you guessed, the crown for the cutest, quirkiest, most amusing in-flight safety video has just been stolen by Super M's new effort. A perfectly choreographed, high-production gem recently uploaded to Korean Air's onboard systems. The video mixes neat takes on the essential safety instructions with pure pop promo fodder shot aboard a sci-fi aeroplane that looks like it should be flying way beyond the galaxy, not just shuttling in and out of Incheon Airport. It is excellent. In-flight safety videos have been getting funnier and funkier since Virgin America upped the irony with their, for the point zero 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 one of you who've never operated a seatbelt before, this is how it works, for their maiden video in 2007. Air New Zealand have become known for their quirky mini-films and leapt fully onto the Lord of the Rings bandwagon with the most epic safety video ever made, starring Elijah Wood and a superfan who looked a bit like a goblin. While the charter company Tom Thompson did a simple and charming switch, casting children as crew and passengers, while El Al made a confusing mashup of pop video cliches. Whether or not you can remember any of the safety information is another thing entirely, although it shouldn't be. But the branding and viral potential of these videos is very obvious to the airlines, of course. The only question remains, how do you rap to the unchanging words of the in-flight safety video set down since aeronautical time immemorial? Well, you just practice like Super M. For Monocle, I'm Robert Bound. Our own Robert Bound there, who definitely knows how to operate a seatbelt. That's all in today's program. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. Join Georgina Godwin for the first of our new winter weekend programs on Saturday. Listen to Monocle Weekends live from 8am London time or download the podcast. I'm Ben Ryland. The Monocle Minute returns on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you.